Somebody say praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Ah, oh, glory. King of kings and Lord of lords, help us today, Lord. Put your spirit upon us in the mercies of the living God with us today. We're going to talk a little bit tonight about rejection. I'm going to call it the tears of Leah. Jacob fled after he stole the blessing from Isaac, so to speak. God permitted the way it happened because it was of his earnest heart. The blessing was supposed to go to Esau, but God didn't really want didn't really like Esau. Esau was a profane man, the Bible says. And Jacob, at the coercement of his mother, slipped up to his father and claimed to be Esau and got the blessing from his father. Just before he died, his father Isaac was blind. He knew it was Jacob, but something just told him to go ahead and bless him anyway because it was God that wanted Jacob to rule. He wanted Jacob. He wanted to... He wanted the blessing to go through Jacob. He didn't want Esau. Esau was a profane man, not a good man. And Jacob was a much kinder man, a man who saw the value of the blessing, saw the value of the birthright, saw the value of God, saw the value of the blessings of God. Esau was a man's man, made his own way. He didn't have much time for anybody, I don't guess. He just pushed through and took what he wanted. But Jacob, not so. Jacob was a man who persevered and worked hard, but he waited upon the Lord and tried to follow what was right. And he saw the value of family, and he saw the value of the birthright, the value of the blessing of his father. Esau wanted his daddy to bless him too. He did. He loved his daddy. But he just... There's some things that have to go along with these things. You know, you, you can go around and say you're a good man. You can go around and say this and say that. But unless God puts upon you the blessing, unless God puts his hand of anointing upon you. You know, there were those that rose up against Aaron. And I was listening to about the rod that budded. They tried to say that they were just as good as Moses and Aaron. And all the congregation was holy. Well, they were, but they weren't the leaders, they weren't the rulers, they weren't the ones that God had set to lead and to rule. That was Aaron and Moses. And so God told Moses, he said, call them up here, call them all together now. Let's see, let's show them who's chosen here. He said, I'll let them all bring their censer, let them all bring a rod. And the rod that buds, we're talking about a dead tree limb here and budding. And not in a long period of time. He said, let him lay it up in the rod that buds. That's the one that I've chosen. So Aaron laid his rod up there and his rod budded. If you, God doesn't put his anointing upon you, if God doesn't put his blessing upon you, then you best get back and pray a little more and wait till he does. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. I come up sometimes to do these podcasts. Came up last night to do this and God did... God was with me in prayer. I mean, he anointed me. The tongues came forth more so than normal. And I thought, surely now's the time. God's give it to me. And now's when I need to do it. And I came in here nothing, nothing. So I 
went back and told Patty, I said, don't think tonight's the night. Don't think this is the time. God wants me to do it. Ah, oh, glory. You know, when you're preaching, you pretty well got to, you get up on Sunday morning to preach, Sunday night, whenever you're preaching, and revive or whatever it is. Pray through and hope that God's there with you, but you're done there and you got to do it. But the thing about these podcasts is, if I get up here and I don't feel the anointing, if I don't see God with me, if I don't feel like God's giving me something, I, I just put it down and walk away from it. It can come again. It takes another week. I wait. There's no point in me getting up here and flapping my jaws if God's not with me. The tears of Leah. Blessed Redeemer now, Lord. Ah, oh, glory. People always want the pretty one. People always want the delicate one. People always want the strong one and the beautiful one. But not so, my Lord. He said he shall have no beauty nor comeliness that we should look upon him. But he was born to an impoverished carpenter. I imagine he worked all his life. And I imagine he was a strong man and a formidable man. I mean, he took a scourge of small cords and whipped everybody out of the temple. Now, when you walk through there, the power of God better be upon you. Because when you go through there and start throwing over people's money tables, Letting loose all their livestock and kicking them out of the temple. This is how they were making their living now. Now, you know them men wanted to fight. They wanted to stand up. And we wasn't talking about just a bunch of kids here. He walked in, full-grown men had their stuff there, selling and making their money. He took a scourge of cords and whipped every one of them out of the temple. So obviously Jesus worked all his life and was a tough, a strong man. People see him in a different light, some people, but I see Jesus as a strong man, one who was able to tote the load and able to carry the load with broad shoulders and strong arms and carried the power of God with him. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, able to be gentle and kind, but also able to be strong and formidable as he will be when he returns this time. He come the last time in weakness somewhat. He came to lay down his life, show strength. But yet, he allowed the weakness, the unprofitableness of this life to come upon him and bear upon our sins upon the cross. He didn't hang there for his own self, no, but for you and I. Ah, Glory. John said, he that comes after me was preferred before me because he was before me. So obviously John knew something most of us don't. That when Jesus Christ was born of Mary, it wasn't the first time he had ever had life. Ah, oh, glory. For he said again, Father, return me to the glory I knew with you before the world was. One spirit, one eternal spirit. How it's made known the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost, the Word of God. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it is one eternal Spirit and one God, but yet He makes Himself known through the Son of God who loved us and gave Himself for us, even by the Word of God. And likely the way you will see the face of God is through the face of Jesus Christ. No, not through Muhammad, my friend, not through Buddha. Not through the Hindu gods. No, it's not. That's not the one eternal spirit. No, it is the God of Israel. 
He said, I will bless those that bless Israel and curse those that curse Israel. It is the God of Israel that I serve. I don't know who you serve, but I serve the God of Israel. And I know him through the face of Jesus Christ, who have already seen in spirit, who appeared to me in the church, church running about 200, every one of them on their feet worshiping God. It wasn't like this cold sitting around waiting on somebody else to worship churches I see nowadays half the time. Even the better ones that I go into, I hardly even see a hand raised anymore. Ah, oh, glory. It's, it's something how in such a short time so much falling away has happened. Second Thessalonians 2nd chapter. For the rebellion must come first come. The King James calls it the falling away. Now to have fallen away, they've had to have been somewhere first. I guess that's really a pretty good description there. That may be why they use the falling away seems to represent the church who was once fervent in spirit and once living for God and standing uprightly. Hands raised in church. You know, you wonder, why do you raise your hands? Well, when Moses was standing up on the mountain where Joshua was fighting the battle down below him, as long as his hands was raised, the battle was won. Ever he got tired, and every time his arms started to come down, Joshua started to lose. The battle started going to the enemy. So the priests, one got on one side and one got on the other and held up Moses' hands. So there must be something to that. When you lift up those hands, you lift them up to the Lord. You lift them up as a sign of yielding to God. You're, you're calling on the Holy One of Israel, the ruler of heaven. Ah, glory, and he had, when God sets things up a certain way, it's not up to you to change them. It's up to you to submit and do what he says. Now, the way he put it there and the way he set it up, that's the way we're supposed to do it. So everybody was on their feet, lifted hands, worshiping God, singing, praising, calling on God. And all of a sudden I see a man clothed in white linen walking down a long robe clothed all the way to his hands and to his feet in white linen. Looked similar to the pictures, only much more noble. You know, it wasn't really, it wasn't my mind because it's not really the way I would have pictured Jesus. I would have kind of pictured him a more contemporary version because of just the way I am, you know. But the man I saw looked like one of the old nobles of the, I mean, just, you know, the way they used to dress and and I'm sure, it, you know, when John saw the angel, he saw him with the flames of fire and the eyes of fire and the burnished feet of brass. And, but then he told, the, told John, he says, I'm of your fellow brethren. I'm an angel. I'm a messenger of God. So he wasn't talking to actually to Jesus. This was not actually Jesus that was actually talking to him there, the one with the feet of brass and stuff. And yet Jesus can make himself look ever how he wants to. When he appeared to them after the resurrection, they didn't know who he was until he let them know who he was. And I imagine he appeared to me in a form that I would understand, something that I could recognize. Though it wasn't quite like I thought it would be, but yet I knew who it was. Full beard. I'm sorry, I know a lot of Pentecostal preachers don't like that idea. They think that everybody's supposed to shave, but my friend, if you study the Bible, any at all, you find that the Jews wore full beards, and about half the time they had longer hair. I'm sorry, the short hair came in with the Roman Empire and with the combat 
soldiers and things like that when they start cutting it all off. I keep short hair, but that's not necessarily the way things are. But anyway, we won't get into all that because I think that we ought to dress whatever the day that we live in is appropriate. But I saw him as possibly he might have walked the earth in a more glorious state some many years ago. But anyway, when I saw him, he answered my question. I wanted to know why we worshiped like that. And he walked along and he was lifting his hands like he was lifting those praises up before the throne of heaven. And that was what I was wondering. That's what I wanted to know. But then he had something to say to me because my wife and I had been arguing a lot and I don't think he was too tickled about all that. And she said something kind of sharp to me and I said something kind of sharp back, having a vision of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is walking down the aisles, just lifting his hands with his, like just lifting them up, sending those praises up before the throne of God. Which you have to understand something about the omnipotence of God. Jesus said, the son of man that came down from heaven. He was standing on the earth when he said it. And then he said, even the son of man that is in heaven. So while he was letting me have a visage of what he was doing and why he was doing it, he was still in heaven receiving those praises. Ah, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, almighty God of Israel. Ah, but we're getting on to things that... But anyway, what I was going to say was the Lord corrects those whom he loves and scourges every son he receives, every child, every daughter. And Paul said that if you don't receive any correction, then you probably don't have a father because all sin and all fall short and all mess up. And so we all need correction. And if God don't bother to correct you, it's because he don't figure you're going to listen anyway. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus, the tears of Leah. Have you ever loved anybody that didn't love you? There's an old song and it said there's no guarantee that the one, of that one you love is going to love you. And that's so very true. And there's a, the Lord of heaven. And your Lord and Jesus sees that all the day. As he stretches forth the hand, he says, All the day long have I stretched forth the hand to a disobedient and gainsaying people. He says, I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her little chickens up under my wing, but you would not. Oh, glory. Yes, he knows what it is to be despised and rejected. The tears of Leah. So Leah was Rachel's older sister. When Jacob come from his home after receiving the blessing from Isaac and Esau figured out what had happened, oh, he wanted to kill his brother. He was mad. He took his blessing. Now Esau, he didn't want to live the good life to be able to receive the blessing at the hand of God, but he still wanted it from his daddy. He still loved his daddy and his daddy loved him. And when he saw he wasn't going to get that blessing from his daddy, oh, he was mad. So Jacob's mother was just also Lisa, Esau's mother. But it was kind of like Isaac kind of favored Esau and his mother favored Jacob. Now, Isaac saw that God had put the blessing upon Jacob. And he recognized that and he put the blessing and the birthright upon Jacob. 
But he still loved Esau. And when Esau came and cried and wanted a blessing and he didn't really receive much of a blessing, he didn't like the one he got, he was ready to kill Jacob. So Jacob's mother said, told Isaac to send him away and send him to her brother's house to take him a wife. And he came there and he found Rachel and Leah. Well, Leah wasn't the pretty one. Rachel was, the younger one. And he fell in love with her right away. And he told Uncle Laban, Oh, Uncle Laban, he says, I'll serve you seven years if you'll give me Rachel to wife. He said, well, it's better I give her to you than somebody I don't even know. He said, okay, good deal. So Jacob worked for Uncle Laban for seven years, and God was with him. God blessed. And it says the seven years seemed to seven days to Jacob for the love that he had for Rachel. And so they had a big feast. Everybody was at the marriage supper, and everybody was happy, and I'm sure they had a little wine there and all that, you know. And so it was dark there. They didn't have all the lights like we got now. And when Jacob woke up the next morning, he didn't have Rachel. He had Leah. Well, Leah didn't know what was going on, I doubt. It don't seem that she really understood everything. And all of a sudden, her husband's upset because she's there. And you know that broke her heart. But Jacob was having a fit. He said, Laban, I told you I wanted Rachel, not Leah. And Laban said, I can't give the younger before the older. He said, you can have both of them. He said, you can have the two wives. So back in that day, they let him have more than one wife. But personal experience and, and just, I mean, my Lord, you don't need but one husband and one wife. I mean, people don't need different wives and different husbands. Thank God we quit doing all that but back in that day things were a little different i guess but anyway he went ahead and kept rachel and leah and, and for that reason is why i say that you don't need it because he favored rachel and leah knew she wasn't loved and so here we have a man with two wives but he only loves one of them and he stays with rachel most of the time in genesis 30 and 15 the tears of Leah, she who was rejected, bear him who was rejected. Some might think that Christ came through Rachel, but he didn't. No, Leah bare, not only did she bear the lineage of Christ, but she bare the lineage of the law also, Levi, the Levitical priesthood. Both the law and Christ, Moses and Jesus, both came through Leah, not Rachel. Came through the one who was rejected. Genesis 30 and 15. And Leah said to Rachel, Is it a small matter that you have taken my husband? Oh, Lord God, Lord God. And then Genesis 29 and 34. And Leah said, This time my husband will be, born, will be joined to me, for I have given him three sons. And she called his name Levi. The third son was Levi. And she said, Now my husband will love me. But no, you know, it still didn't work out that way. I'm sure he cared for Leah a little bit, but not like Leah wanted to be loved. She wanted her husband. Yet her sister Rachel had her husband. And Rachel wanted her husband. That's why I say it's just not, I don't see it as a good thing to have more than one wife or more than one husband. But one man and one woman, that's the way God made them, Adam and Eve. He didn't make them Adam and Eve and Barbara and 
so and so and so and so. That's not the way it was done. Now, in some religions, they'll try to tell you that, but if you're honest in your heart, you know that one person needs to love of another person, and they need to have just that love of that person. They, they don't need to think that that person's being unfaithful to them and loving somebody else, and even if it's lawful, it still hurts. In Genesis 29 and 35, says she bare another child and called his name Judah and said, Now will I praise the Lord. For Judah means praise. And we all know that Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. Now actually, Jesus didn't physically come from any physical man, but in the spirit of adoption, which as we are all adopted, in the spirit of adoption, he was born into the tribe of Judah. God wouldn't allow a man to touch him because he wasn't born in iniquity like we were. The Bible says that all of us were shaping in iniquity, born into iniquity. Not so with Jesus. Jesus was born of a virgin who had not known a man. So we see the purity and the holiness of the lamb without spot, without spot or wrinkle. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, all the time before when the lambs were offered for sin. And all the time they would go up there and it had to be a lamb without spot. A lamb that was perfect. One that they could call holy. So the man that was born without sin, the only man, wasn't Buddha, wasn't Mohammed. No, there's, there's record of their births and record of their where they came from and who their daddy was and all that stuff, for the most part. No, this was born of God. Only one was ever born without sin. Only one ever walked this earth without sin. Ah, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords. So from Leah, not Rachel, from the one who was rejected, came both the Levitical priesthood, Levi, from whom Moses came, and Aaron, and then Judah, through whom Christ was given his lineage, King David. So she who was rejected, bear him who was rejected. Isaiah 53 and 3, he is despised and rejected of men. So we see that we wonder why everybody doesn't love Jesus. That's been going on a long time, my friend. And this nation is one of the few that there was for a while, and it seems to be fading fast, you know, it was for a while that you see a church on every corner. And in this nation, basically, people can say what they want about the founding fathers making room for other religions, this, that, and the other, but tell me, up until recent years, do you ever see a mosque anywhere? My friend, all the time I've been growing up, there's been a church on every corner, and I've lived up north, I've lived in the south, I've lived out west, and there's Christian churches everywhere I looked. But when you saw anything besides a Christian church, it was very unusual, because this nation was based and founded on the freedom of the Christian religion. The fight wasn't about what God to serve, 
The fight was how to serve the God of Israel through Christ Jesus our Lord. Whether to go with the Catholic Church or the Church of England or Lutheranism or whether it was Martin Luther or whether it was uh, John Wesley or any of them. They were all calling on Jesus. Tell me somebody somewhere where anywhere in the history of all this that anybody can tell me where other than the Chinese captives that came over and some of the people that came over from some of the Muslim nations and you know they may have there were foreigners to us at that time and but there it didn't go anywhere I mean the thing that sprouted in this nation was the church of Jesus Christ everywhere you look there's a church of Jesus on the corner everywhere you go whether it be Methodist Presbyterian Catholic Pentecostal Baptist every one of them calls on Jesus Christ there was none there was none for anything else Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, binding now the works of darkness coming against every deception of the devil. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, because when he couldn't stamp it out, the greatest attack ever made on the Christian church was the deception of the devil by watering down the gospel, taking away the fervor, taking away the, the earnest, heartfelt desire when they persecuted the church, they just spread to another city. But when they started saying, oh, it's okay, you can be a Christian. We ain't got no problem with Christians. As long as you ain't got no problem with the other religions, and as long as you know that it ain't the only way, you know, you got respect to the other religions. And, all. and that's where the trouble started coming in. Because Jesus said, I am the only way, the only truth, the only life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. All that came before me or after me are thieves and liars and robbers. Jesus made no room for anyone else, opened no door for anyone else, gave no position or place to anyone. But he said, I am the way. Ah, glory. He said, I am the truth. I am the living God of Israel and there is none beside me. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords. I took that from the Aramaic and plain English version. Whenever Thomas asked him, Thomas came and stood before him and he said, My Lord and my God, and Jesus confirmed it. In the Aramaic and plain English, it said it a little different than it did in the King James. He said, I am the living God. No man comes unto the Father except by me. Ah, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us now, Jesus. Bless now, Lord, save now, Father. And then he was very plain still, even in the King James, when Philip said, show us the Father and that'll be enough for us. And he looked right at him and said, have I been so long time with you and have you not known me? Ah, oh, glory, how can he be the Son of God and yet be joined into the very Spirit of the Father and be able to stand there and tell you that you're looking at the very Creator of heaven and earth. Ah, oh, glory, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us now, Jesus. He had to take the form of a servant, the form of a man, so that you could look upon him because he told Moses... 
He said, you can't look upon my face. He says, anybody that looks upon my face can't live. Ah, <laughs> oh, glory. He said, I'll let you see my hinder parts, but that's all you're able to take. And after Moses saw just the very hinder parts of God, just the trailing away, his face glowed from there on out. He had to put a veil over his face because it, it started glowing after being up on that mount with God 40 days and 40 nights. He was never the same again. Oh, Lord God, Lord God. Isaiah 53 and 3. He is despised and rejected of men. He bore our sorrows, surely he bore our sorrows and our griefs. And by his stripes we are healed. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God. The tears of Leah. If you've ever tried to love somebody or tried to make friends and people rejected you and people cast you out and the one you love didn't love you in return. The ones you wanted to be friends with didn't want nothing to do with you. Well, my friend, your Lord was already there before you. He knows exactly how you feel. He has suffered everything you could have suffered and then some. And the ones that he came, I mean, think about it. He came and healed the blinded eye. He raised the dead. He showed kindness. He fed 5,000, 4,000 and and then the next thing you know, they're all chanting, crucify him, crucify him, despised and rejected of men. The same ones he healed, the same ones he fed, hung him up on a tree and called for his death. How fickle can men be? Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords, touch us today, Jesus, and forgive, Lord. That we may that same blood that was called to be a curse was found to redeem men by the blood of the Lamb. That same Lamb that was slain from the foundation of the world. Ah, oh, Lord God, Lord God, King of kings and Lord of lords. We're going to bring it to a close. But if you remember in your life and you've ever had times when tried to make friends and people just wouldn't be friends with you. You fell in love with somebody and it wasn't returned. Well know that every day of his life the Lord still goes through that. He comes to men and women and children and tries to be friends and he's rejected. He comes and tries to show love and he's still rejected. Why? Because we want our own ways. We want our own things. You know, you've never heard anybody say, I don't believe in air. It's not that people don't believe in God because they can't see him. It's because God demands that you live a righteous and a holy life. He offers his grace for the things you can't help, but he demands that you do the best you can and live the life that you can live. God will not accept a profane man that lives like Esau did. No. But you have to be like Jacob. Jacob messed up, but Jacob recognized God's sovereignty. Jacob recognized God's authority over him. Jacob recognized his need for God. And my friend, if you do that, you can be friends with Jesus. It says he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. 
You know, if he was just like air and he said, hey, we're all going to heaven. Don't you worry about it. No matter what you do, it's all good. You're going to heaven. Everybody would love Jesus. Everybody would be going to heaven. Everybody would be happy. But that's not what he said. He said, I've got to know that you love me too. He said, I've got to know that you're willing to put away these things of this world and turn your heart to what's right and just. And that you're willing to turn away from this wickedness of this world. Turn away from the things that don't last. And have hope in something that's out of this world. Ah, Lord God, Lord God. People, they just, if you could just imagine the things that are coming, for eyes not seen nor ear heard the good things that God has prepared for those that love Him. Lord bless you and keep you today. And you might want to read that story of Leah and Rachel one time and sometime, and it'll break your heart. It's, it's a good story, but God saw Leah. If you've ever felt cast down, and it wasn't Rachel that God blessed. I mean, God helped Rachel. But the one that God really blessed was Leah. She's the one that had the children. She's the one that had the lineage of Jesus, the lineage of Moses. It all came through Leah. Why? Because she was rejected just like he was rejected. Fellowship, my friends, the fellowship of the sufferings. The Lord bless you, keep you. And know of a surety, you never lose anything with God. You might have to wait on it a little while, but if you turn your heart to Him, you may go through some things here, but ah, oh Lord, the glory that's coming. Lord bless y'all. I love you. Jesus loves you. And most importantly, Jesus loves you. Lord bless. Bye.